0: Hey, everybody. Did you watch Apple's uh, Mac announcement the other night? It was filmed on an iPhone, and they didn't use the Apple Camera app to film it. Okay, we're going to talk about that and some more fun (laughs) stuff. I'm Jefferson Graham. I'm here with Scott Bourne. This is the iPhone Photo Show. And Scott, were you impressed?
1: Yeah, I was very impressed, although it's far from the first time I've seen an iPhone rigged up on a professional shoot because I've rigged up an iPhone on a professional shoot several times uh, this is the first time I've seen an LA crew with an Apple budget rig up an iPhone <laughs> because I'm telling you what renting that crane is about 865 bucks an hour with an $18 thousand deposit so uh, that you know I'm sure they had it there for a couple of days but yeah it, it was it was great I did take note of the fact that Apple was not using the Apple video app to record this they were instead, using the app that I have talked about on this very show and on our website at iPhone Photo Team, the Black Magic Cam. I was raving about that app, and it turns out other people seem to agree with me, uh, including professionals, uh, DPs, who were hired to shoot that uh, that video. And, of course, it just gave, I just got a kick out of it there. You know, it's sort of like driving your Tesla to work at the Volvo store that you sell electric Volvos at.
0: I know it's very, very unusual for Apple not to be using their app, but let's set it up for a second. I've covered every keynote going back to the uh, go back to the iPod. Uh, these are million dollar events that they spend a million dollars on their production. Everything is perfect. They use the highest end cameras and uh, and production techniques and cranes and jibs and dollies and you name it. So this time around, instead of the the Airflex or whatever, y- you would know, the $100,000 cameras, they're using 50 iPhones and they're using yeah. it in dollies and, gri- and grips and y- y- you name it. Um, I sort of think it wasn't fair. Because they could have done it on a GoPro and the GoPro would have looked amazing too. You know, when, once they add all those production techniques and lighting to it... You're missing it's just, the point, Jeff. You're
1: missing yeah. the point by a country mile. Okay, go the, for it. The point is you don't need an RE. You don't need a red Komodo. You can use an iPhone. You're right. It doesn't matter what... I mean, that all that production stuff is going to be there no matter what. But all that production stuff minus the $100,000 for the other cameras is still a win. All that production stuff minus the 17 pounds of camera that you have to sometimes rig up is still a win. And the biggest win is is that if you watch what they do, I got to stop for a second. I'm going down a tiny rabbit hole. I personally believe, I've studied this my whole life, that learning mostly happens through what I call the discovery opportunity meaning if i see somebody do something and i find out it's possible to do it i can learn it and people seeing that a major production like that can be done on an iphone it tells them well at the very least you do not have to rent an Ari, and you don't have to rent a venice from sony and you don't have to rent a red komodo and That to me says that we are at a place with the quality of the phone that if you are a good storyteller, then you can do cool stuff. So I I don't think it matters that they use nice lights and jibs and cranes because they'd have done that no matter what. Okay, well, let's
0: just remember that when Steven Spielberg did the music video for the artist, I don't remember who he did it for, but he did it by sitting in a in a chair that had four wheels on it, and his wife pushed him around to get the same dolly shot, and his his video looked great too. But uh, but I'll give you I'll give you all that you could do it all on an iPhone. You don't have to bring the big cameras. I've been saying this for how many years? Uh, but the 15 Pro Max is the one that has been the biggest advancement forward they didn't have to worry about storage they recorded in log directly to uh, an external uh usb drive though they didn't show what usb drive they they were using which i would have liked to have known they I'll did use money it on it yeah go I'll ahead
1: money i know what it is tell me it's the uh same one i worry about on the website it's the samsung ssd because it's the t7 you, the yeah. T5 or T7, they're ubiquitous in the industry. I know people that literally have hundreds of them. Yeah. So it's it's not
0: unusual at all. Okay. And you can buy a two terabyte edition for just over $100. Uh, they also had a Beast Grip cage. And you've been talking about piece, Beast Grips for many years. Uh, what's the advantage, do you think, of Beast Grip over Small Rig or some of the other people that make them?
1: Well,. I actually don't think there's an advantage to the dedicated B script cage unless you're a person that uses B script lenses. Uh, I also think that the small rig cage, which is dedicated, if you're going to use a dedicated cage is a little bit lighter and therefore a little bit better. And I used on my iPhone 13 pro max, I used the small rig dedicated cage. Now I have owned and used the Script generic cage uh, for years and I've used it across maybe five different phones and it's it's nice but I have discovered the Ulanzi generic cage and that is now the one I recommend it's 40 bucks and the problem with the Beisc and it, it's in my it's in my list of video accessories on the iPhone photo team a story I did there but, it, you know, the problem with the Beast Grip cage that they showed is you got to replace that every year if you get a new phone every year because that is a dedicated cage. Now, obviously, like you said, budgets are no problem. So, the, you know, they used it. Maybe it's just that guy's preference. Uh, I, they're all about the same. You can hook up lights and mics and, and you know, boom arms, whatever you want to all of these things. Uh, they also provide uh, some protection to the phone. I happen to think that the Ulanzi generic cage for 40 bucks, and this is unlike me, as you know, Jefferson, yeah. because I tend, I tend to go Cadillac, but <laughs> I actually love this cage, and I've been using it a lot, and I never intend to buy another cage because I'll be able to use this with every phone going forward.
0: Okay, so I use the small rig cage, which sells for double of what you paid, so about eighty dollars, and I love it too because I can plug in my lights and I can snap my lights and snap my mic, and I don't have to use a, tri- a smartphone tripod adapter. Right, I just go straight on the tripod. I, all that said, uh, that's on the fourteen because I can't. I can fit the fifteen in, but it doesn't look. It, the image is not as good. Something's uh, conflicting with the lens, and then the other problem I have. I'd like to know if you have this problem. Is that when we go to ultra wide, the five X, the I'm sorry, the 0.5 lens, it, uh, it it vignettes a little bit on the fourteen, and when I put the fifteen in, it was huge.
1: I don't have any vignetting problem using the cage I'm using, but you shouldn't have any vignetting problem if you're using the cage for the phone it was designed for. You know, in other words, if you're using the fourteen cage on a fourteen, you shouldn't have any.
0: Okay. Um there was they had the cage was locked in a circular type thing that was going round and round. I don't know what you call that. Do you know?
1: I didn't pay much attention to the brands and all the different things they're but, but I mean just what just are,
0: what that is. What is that circular it's, thing?
1: It's a stabilizer. It's it's like um a steady cam. It's probably a steady cam product. And that – so you can take those things out of there, and that big circular thing looks like a steering wheel has the cage inside of it.
0: Okay. Um, Steadicam. All right. That sounds like fun. And they, I, I know they used a, a bunch of gimbals, but I don't know what kind of gimbal they used. I don't either. Yeah. And then the, the other – one before we get to Black Magic, which we really need to do, but they also did the drone – they claim that they were flying an iPhone on a drone. I don't know how they do it because uh, all, every drone I've ever had, had has a built-in camera. And then you also have to have a viewfinder to let you know where you're going. So if you just tape an iPhone to the top of a drone and have the lens protruding, I don't know how great that image is going to be.
1: No, there's there's several commercial drones we're talking about in the ten dollars to $50,000 range, Jeff. That do have places to mount an external camera, so I am sure it was a commercial drone. Okay, let's talk about. In fact, about... I am almost sure. I am almost sure it was the Sony commercial drone because I saw a silhouette of it, and they and I know that drone pretty well, and it 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 has a place to hold any kind of camera, Sony, Apple, whatever.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I know when Sony announced it, that you could, you could mount an a seven or something like that on there. I just haven't seen them out in the field. Well, you can bet it. there's one in, in the wild, it's at Apple. (laughs) So let's talk about black magic, the advantage of the black magic camera app over the Apple camera app. When you're shooting video, you can choose your white balance. You can choose your exposure. You get audio meters and more. What's some of that more?
1: Well, it's just a lot more like a cinema camera experience, Jeff. So you have controls that are designed, particularly if you're a person like me who's owned and shot with or rented and shot with Blackmagic cinema cameras. The interface is very similar. And in fact, the export interface is virtually identical to what you see on the back of a Blackmagic camera. All Blackmagic cameras use a similar interface. And... The ability to have much more manual control over the video to lock your white balance, that's huge to be able to write out to the SSD and the mic and all the different things you want to do and be able to control all that is it's easier. you got zebras, you've got false color, you've got all these different ways of managing exposure. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is if you're a person that's already in the Blackmagic workflow, which a large majority of the working professionals in the cinema business are. Then you have automatic uploads to Blackmagic Cloud, which is expensive, but if you're already using it, you don't care. And you have also the ability to load proxies um, into their video editor. So it's a much more professional solution. And I got to say, it's free. Right. (laughs) And the price is right. And I used to recommend Filmic Pro because it was the only app that did all this stuff. Well, now Blackmagic does it for free. Filmic Pro charges, you know, a, a weekly fee, which I think anybody that pays that might want to visit the head doctor. I, it's a wasted time and money to me. This, The only thing that it has that I think the Black Blackmagic Black cam doesn't is some presets. And keep in mind, we're at version 1.1. 1. 1 on the Black Magic cam. It just came out. So they'll be refining it, I'm sure. It also has really good stabilization. I might mention that it does better uh, at stabilization, in my opinion, than some of the other apps.
0: Okay. I remember you were not happy when uh, Filmic Pro re- uh, decided to go from free to uh, a weekly price.
1: Well, I'll tell you why I'm not happy, because as far as I'm concerned, I, I-, I just felt ripped off. I bought the app. You know, I bought the app and I I allegedly was a lifetime purchase. And then all of a sudden uh, I get this screen that says you got to upgrade and it's going to be this much a week. Well, I I'd already paid for it. So they lied to me.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, uh, in other news, you spent some time with USB drives figuring out every way to connect, uh, believe it, to some microphone and an SSD drive and
1: something else at the
0: same time. Tell everybody about that.
1: Yeah, so I wanted I wanted to be able to do a real-world setup the way I would shoot. And there's one USB-C port. We're thrilled about that, Jeff. We asked for that. But we really wanted three <laughs> because you got a bunch of stuff you want to hook up. So you've got an SSD drive. That takes power from the phone. That's how that works. You've got a microphone. That probably also takes power from the phone. And you need a power brick because all that power has got to, you know, you're going to run out of power a lot faster than you would under normal circumstances. So I've got to have, I've got one USB-C port, but I've got to have a power brick to connect to it so that I can charge the phone. I've got to have a, a microphone that connect to it so I can do voiceover. And I've got to have an SSD that can connect to it so I can record ProRes out to my SSD And be able to just take that SSD and plop it into my computer and drop it in for editing. And the only way to do that is through a sort of bastardization of a bunch of different components. I tried a zillion of them. I came up with a list of those that worked. And I published it on the iPhone photo team. It is basically, uh, you know, you've got to have a USB-C hub of some kind. And it has to be able to have... High power and high speed throughput. So if you buy the cheapest thing on Amazon from China, it may not work because it's not necessarily going to be USB. You, you need
0: you need a hub that that plugs into electricity, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and those those are as much as a dollars or more.
1: Well, I I think I listed one. I found one in thirty or forty bucks that works. Okay. And you can get very elaborate ones. But, of course, the more elaborate they are, the bigger they are, the bigger they are, the, the larger it is on the phone. So what I wanted to do was have everything work so that I could use my my um, Ulanzi generic cage and have the SSD drive mounted to that. And the Samsung T5 and T7 are so ubiquitous in the video space that SmallRig actually makes a special mount for those drives that you can screw onto a quarter 20 and that's on your cage now and there's another thing i use to hold it's basically a generic phone holder and i screw it in onto another quarter 20 and that holds the power brick and i basically just used velcro tape to hold the usb c hub to the back of the phone and it works it's not pretty Uh, but I've got most of the wires under control and, um, they don't get in my way. It's not terribly heavy. It's very well balanced and I can do the thing I wanted to do. Did you take it outside into the field or did you just shoot in the studio? I, well, most of my work these days is in a studio, but I did take it out into my backyard just to see how it would work outside dealing with moving it around and such, and I had no problem with it. I mean, now listen, I'm not a young man. I probably wouldn't want to sit there and hold this thing at arm's length for seven hours a day, but that's what God invented young men for. You hire those people as uh, a photographic assistants and they do that work. I <laughs> I use tripods and various mounting systems like you, know, you saw on that commercial, and uh, that's what I use in my studio.
0: But in this uh, little rig that you put together, <clears throat> Could I connect everything to a tripod
1: and leave it in place? Absolutely. That's what I do. So on the bottom of that um, cage, I've got the Ulanzi quick-release system that I also wrote an article about on the uh, iPhone photo team. It's my new favorite quick-release system you put these things on all of your mounting stages. So I've got it on my dolly. I've got it on my jib. I've got it on my slider. I've got it on both my swing arms. I've got it on all my tripods. And then you can just click these buttons and lift the camera or the phone or the cage or whatever you're dealing with and put it on something else. And by the way, if you want to mount things like a shotgun mic on one of these stands, you have the same mount on the shotgun mic boom you plop it on there if you want to mount some lights on a stand boom you plop them on there and they're really cheap and it works really well and they have a lock on them so they can lock on and stay steady and that's where 95 percent of my shooting is done in my studio it's locked on to a tripod or onto a dolly or onto a slider
0: Okay, so we're going to link to Scott's articles on the iPhone photo team in the description of this podcast, so you'll be able to find them. I have a question for Scott. You live with a jib. I have to uh, p- paint a picture of that because to me a jib is this giant like crane-like thing that that <laughs> goes round and round and round. You live with it?
1: Well, I do not have a giant one. You can get jibs in 14 different sizes. I've got a very small one. It's just a little handheld affair that allows me to do a crane-like shot. But, you know, video is about movement. Right. So you got to be able to move. Right.
0: Um, My answer to that is the drone, but not in a studio. Uh, I got so many great drone shots in Nova Scotia when I was there in October. Just, just, you know, like the difference between taking a picture of a lighthouse down on the ground or just going to eye level with the lighthouse to the top, big difference, you know?
1: When drones were invented, jib sales fell through the floor. (laughs) So, I mean, if I was working outdoors a lot, uh, and in an area where I could get away with it, I would use a drone. Jibs are a lot less necessary than they used to be, but if you're in a studio environment, pretty tough to use a drone. So I, I have it, you know, I don't use it much, but I, I've got all this stuff just because I could. And every once in a while, if I'm doing something, I'm working on a a stop-motion project. And, you know, just being able to elevate the camera sometimes is is all I need the jib for.
0: Now, are you stop-motioning on the iPhone? I am. And so what are you using to get your frame a day?
1: I'm going to discuss all of this in an article, but I do not want to talk about it today because then it'll send us down another rabbit hole.
0: Okay, so coming soon... I think you put out uh, what was you put out? Uh, I think two recent articles of picture methods. So what was the last one you just did?
1: Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm not sure to tell you the truth. I just I'm very prolific. I just write about stuff when it hits me. I think I I might have written a review of something. I did write a review uh, of a wireless microphone system that I can use. By the way, with my cage. Uh, uh, using uh, quarter 20 adapters. That's very similar to the road wireless go, mm-hmm. but it's 50, it's 50 bucks. Okay. Who makes it? It's some Chinese company. I wrote the review of it. I couldn't pronounce their name to save my soul, but okay. uh, I can tell you, I tested it at length and it really works. And it's just like the road itself pairs. And, you know, it has really good audio content. It works a couple hundred feet away. And, you know, I'm sure that it probably won't last as long as the road, And perhaps from an audio fidelity perspective, it's 90% of the road. The, the road sounds a tiny bit better. But for those in our audience who don't need this sort of setup on a regular basis, it just may occasionally want it for 50 bucks, it's pretty cool, so I wrote okay. a review of that.
0: So I bought the new Rode Wireless Go Pro, I think it's called the Wireless Pro, and it sells for $400. And what you get, if you're not familiar with the, with this microphone, is you get two microphones and a, is it a transmitter?
1: A receiver. A receiver.
0: You get a receiver and two transmitters. And it's perfect for a guy like me who goes up to people and says, I want to interview you. And you just connect this microphone right on them. And it records into the little box, the little receiver box. Uh, the little transmitter box, I'm sorry. And it also records directly to the camera. And it's wonderful, it's fantastic. The new version um, also has something called 32 float, which means that uh, it won't clip when you're out in the field. And that's good. Now let me tell you what's bad because I learned about what's bad. Uh, The the unit comes in two boxes. There's there's two carrying cases. One case is a charger case, and you put the three units into the charger case. And then in the other companion case, you get your connecting cables, your USB-C cables, your lightning cables. You actually get two lavalier microphones, and you get the furries uh, for the wind noise. Okay, so all good, except that the cables... For to connect the microphones to your camera are in the other box. Now you can't, Who's going to walk around with bo- both boxes? It's a hard thing. And good old Jeff has lost the box. I've got oh the microphones, but I don't have the cables. And I, I think it's somewhere in the house, but I can't find it, and I will one day. And so I wrote to Road and I said, hey, I lost the box. Can you send me the other stuff? They said, well, you know, the product's too new. We don't have any. Can't help you. Um, so... I could tell you that the cables will not fit in the microphone box, and you have to have two separate boxes. Um, So anyway, uh, just good to know that uh, the microphone's great, but this box system is not great.
1: Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, you get two transmitters and one receiver in the little Chinese knockoff that I wrote about. It's the same setup basically and it doesn't need any extra boxes <laughs> and you yeah. can just charge it with USB C cable that's all you got to carry it's a much more minimalist approach now well, i don't the, do
0: the, yeah the only problem there is that you then have to you have to charge each one of those three things with a separate cable and in their charging case you could do them all at once
1: oh i think the case is cool I, i'm just making fun of you um yeah. i I don't do the kind of work you do on a regular basis. It's just, you know, once in a very great while I have to interview somebody. So for me, 50 bucks is enough to spend on it. And I just think it's uh, nice to also provide an alternative for our audience that doesn't want to spend a lot of money. That's why I I like this Ulanzi cage for 40 bucks. I mean, if you don't want to spend 40 bucks, then you don't. I mean, that's what just any old phone case costs these days. So that's it. The other thing I did, the other thing I did write about Jeff is, uh, I did not have a happy experience with the moment lenses. Surprise, surprise. Tell everybody why. Well, it just, you know, on paper, it makes sense. And that's a good company. They try their best, but the execution or the quality control, I don't know what it was when I finally got them. I mean, they told me they were coming in September. I got them in late October and they actually told me they're coming in August now. Yeah. So I got them two months late. I got, I got two of the three that I was promised and I paid for and uh, I got the wide and I got the 58 telephoto and I put, you know, I got the moment case and I got the insert. I got all that stuff set up. I dropped the moment lens on there and it was just terrible. There was all kinds of flare, um, purple fringing. I couldn't focus. So, I don't know if I got bad copies. Maybe it was a very unique experience, and maybe everybody else has good ones. I sure hope so. I I sent them back, and I had ordered the Sandmark, and then I canceled that because I've just come to the conclusion, the same conclusion you and I have come to many times, and I don't know why I keep testing myself, but I guess it's the gearhead in me. I just, you know, the phone's got three lenses on it. You know, I'm going to make those work. Right. Uh, I'm not going to the field. that.
0: You're out in the field. It's just one more thing that you have to carry. You have to carry the Moment case and you have to carry the Moment lens. And I'd rather just have my phone in a cage on my little selfie stick and just leave it at that and, and make it work.
1: If I have to do something that requires another lens, I'll use a different camera.
0: That's all. Yeah, but at this point, you, you went from 13 millimeter to 120. How much more do you need? Right? Well,
1: it's it's not a matter of that. I'll, I'll tell you where the iPhone is deficient for me. It's in the macro. You're still on the 12-megapixel sensor. And it's a tough nut for me to crack. I do not have enough resolution for some of the publication work I do. And I'm going to have to use a different camera now. I'd hoped to be able to use the Moment lenses because you can put the macro lens on the main camera camera sensor which is how all of Moments lenses are designed and then you've got the 48 megapixel sensor and you can still get the macro result but now that that isn't going to work I'm going to have to use something else so I did what I'm prone to do I bought a Leica okay Um, because it has a a macro capability on the Leica Q it's a has a, a macro capability built into the 1.7 f 1.7 28 millimeter Sumalux lens. Okay, this is not a mobile phone. This is an actual real
0: camera with the shutter button and the whole thing, right?
1: Yeah, but it's not that big. It's actually about the same size as the Fuji X100V. Um, so it's just a, it's a fixed lens camera, and I'll use that for my macro work. But I'll still use the iPhone for everything else. Because the, like. iPhone actually, the iPhone actually has a longer lens than the Leica. All righty.
0: So go to the iPhone photo team to check out some of Scott's recent articles to see fo- uh, photos from folks just like you that are posting the best of the best and other good stuff. And the good news is it's all free. Every bit of it. Okay, so Scott, as always, thank you for uh, joining me here. It's fun talking about uh, the new video capabilities of the iPhone, and it just cracks me up because we, we spent months. You, you think it's going to be a good upgrade? Do you think it'll be, make much of a difference? And I don't think I've ever seen an iPhone, new iPhone, make such a difference in my lifetime.
1: Oh, I agree. I I actually posted a screenshot to the iPhone photo team a couple weeks ago of me transferring a bunch of movie files over to my MacBook Pro, and it was a matter of a few seconds. It would have been hours the old way. So just that alone has changed everything for me. Um, I, I, I just have to say that the improvements to this particular camera have got me saying something that I didn't think I'd say. I used to say Apple became famous because they invented a telephone with a camera attached. Now it's Apple's famous because they have a camera with a telephone attached, but it's the camera that's important, not the telephone.
0: Right, the world's best-selling camera. I think probably next week or the week after that, we should really do a deep dive on log because Apple did do the whole thing in log and color correcting, and we should probably tell people how give them a primer on how they can do that as well because it sounds complicated, but I know Scott does not think it's as complicated as some people think, right?
1: I'm, pr- I'm proof it's easy because if I can do it, anybody can. But yeah, that that's another big deal. Writing out that big log file to an SSD drive is, you know, you, it wouldn't have worked without the ability to do that. And to be able to shoot in ProRes HQ, the reason they did that that film on the iPhone is they could have grabbed any old ProRes camera and it wouldn't have looked much different. I mean, slight different with a little bit more data in the shadows, perhaps with a a fancy uh, Ari Alexa or a Red Komodo with a big 1.7 lens that cost a hundred grand. But other than that, I mean, I've cut that footage side by side with footage from my Blackmagic 6K and 12K cameras and it's ProRes. It looks great. And it It just cuts like butter. You bring it into the, the Mac and it's just fast and easy. And you can stack. I have an old, old now, M1 MacBook Pro that was top of the line when I bought it. And I can run eight simultaneous layers of ProRes footage on top of each other and cut in real time without waiting for render. And to me, that's just stupefying to have a consumer grade device that costs less than $2,000 that I can do this with. I, I, you know, we're living in incredible times, folks.
0: Cuts like butter. More on that next week. Uh, I will have the description. I will put the link to Scott's um, gear stuff in the description on this podcast. We'll be back with you next week. I'm Jefferson Graham with Scott Bourne, iPhone photo show. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye-bye.